You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Sabbath day. Thank you for the rain and the showers of blessings that have been raining down, not just today, but throughout this year, even though it might seem dismal at times, your spirit is always at work and we are blessed to be co-laborers with you. Now, Lord, as we hear these testimonies, these sweet stories, help us not only to be interested, but recommitted to being soul winners for you, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, happy Sabbath, everyone. I'm Camille Metz, the Literature Ministries Director for the conference, and I'm here with my dear friend, Homer Maroney. And where do you work? I work uh, at the General Conference Publishing Ministries Department. Yes, and the last couple of days he spent with our young people, working with them, listening to their stories. And I'm ready to listen to some of the testimonies. How about you? I am excited about it. So we will start with our team in Warren, which is in the Detroit area. Emily, take it away. As um, Elder Camille said, I am uh, heading up the program down in the Detroit area. And we have truly had powerful experiences happening. God is really working in the communities. And to see, uh, you know, post-COVID, so many people are open. Um, for sake of time, we only have time to share two short stories of what has been happening down in the Warren and Detroit area. And the first story is going to be um, Daphne. Um, happy Sabbath, everyone. My name is Daphne. Um, well, this was our last week and our canvassing week. So it was on Thursday that my friend Melissa and I were f like having a hard time finding our motivation to go out and canvass. So we prayed in the van with our group, of course, so that the Holy Spirit gave us that motivation. And once we went down, it, that day was our chance to go to businesses. And they, this was my, my friend's first time doing businesses. So uh, when we went down the van, we were like, Lord, please put someone in our path that can help us um, be motivated to continue. So we, wa we went, and then it was in my last business. And it said no soliciting. So... Something that I proposed God was like, Lord, no matter if it says no soliciting, I'm still going in and at least leave a glow track. So that's what I did. And I went in and the boss of the business was, was just arrived. And um, I was like, um, this is a glow track for you. You read it whenever you have free time. And I asked for a water bottle because I asked for a water bottle in a business before that, but they rejected me. They were like, nope. <laughs> so the boss was like, I'll give you one if you give me $2. Both of us laughed, and then he went and brought me the water bottle. And then I was like, thank you, may God bless you. So when, he said, when I said that, he was like, I really do need God's blessing. And I was like, yeah, I think the whole world needs it right now more than ever. And then he was like, he was walking with me outside, and he was like, I'm scared. And then I was like, oh, okay, so something's going on here. He was like, I'm scared. Next week I have a surgery, and it's not... Um, it's not guaranteed that I'm going to make it alive. So I'm really scared. We had a powerful spiritual conversation, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit who was telling me the books, you know? And I, I told man, I know it says no soliciting in your door, but I just have to say this. We have these two books, the answer book and the promise of peace. The promise of peace shares peace to, to our friends. The answer book um, answers questions of why we stop suffer. And that's something that he was asking himself, why am I suffering if I'm having a trying to have a relationship with Christ? And then I was like, these books are going to be, um, can help you for that. And we're leaving them on our donation. It helps me go to school. And then he was like, give me those books because I really need them. And I was like, but before I give you those books, can we pray? And at that moment, my friend Melissa is coming around the corner because that was also her last business. So the three of us were able to pray for Vic um, Vicente was his name. And we started praying, and after I ended the prayer, Vicente was crying. He was crying, um, and he was like, give me those books, please, and I'm going to read them. And he took out donation to give, a, to give me, and it was a donation that was enough for, two, for 20 books for me to leave him. And then 
We were like, this is a divine appointment, of course, from Christ. And he took out another donation of 20 other books and he gave it to my friend Melissa. And we just started crying at that moment. And we, I told Melissa, it's time for us to pray. Thank the Lord for such an amazing opportunity he gave us. Amen. Amen. One of the other areas that we are working in the, in the Warren area is actually Dearborn, which is the uh, Muslim population, uh, I think one of the largest in the world outside of the Middle East. And God has been opening doors there. Um, so we have a group of, of five young people that go down there. I lead a team down there. And they, they learn Arabic canvas. We carry Arabic books. And Alice is going to share with us briefly uh, a story, one of the amazing stories, uh, many stories that we have of how God is working there in Deer Dearborn among the Muslim population. So, here, my name is Alice. And uh, this, one, this particular day, they dropped me, Emily dropped me in the business. And I was like, like, I did not want to be dropped in that business, uh, especially when she mentioned that, you know, like, like, I just did not feel like doing the businesses that day. And so, like, she dropped me there. I was very doubtful. And the first thing, I go to a, a, a gas station and I get a damn bag, which is like 10 bucks. That doesn't happen. Just like, it's not a usual thing for canvassers. And so we go there and I'm like, that is not me. That I did not do anything. So that is just an evidence that God is working already, even before I started. And so I move on and I go on and the Lord just continues to bless. And I see that I'm just like, why do I have a doubt, you know, a doubtful spirit? But as I go on, I get to this door, I enter in and I talk to this man. I do not remember his name. Um, he, he's a Muslim man, uh, which is why we're doing that territory, to be able to reach those people so that they can just know the faith of Jesus um, and just have what we have, the hope of Jesus. And so we go there, I go there, and I start canvassing him on the health books that we have, the cookbook, and also Habits Sahil, you know, those two. And then um, he sees an Arabic book because we're carrying it in the handset, and he says, is that Arabic? And then I say, yes. So he, he starts seeing it, he flips through it, and he sees... Uh, he sees like just the the foods that relate to him because he's from the Middle East and it's Middle Eastern food and so he just you know gets so excited and I'm just like you know what I have other Arabic books and so I bring it in and then he just skips flow you know you know keeping it through and you know he reads he gets all the he looks through all the spiritual books that we have the children books and everything so he picks a few because he thinks that he's supposed to be picking um, just you know whatever that interests him the most and then. Um, one thing that the leaders told us is that we should not show, like we, in the training is that uh, we should give the Bible, like the Bible answer book that we have, if the, our, if the Muslim are interested in the spiritual books. Um, and I wasn't even thinking about that, but even before I gave it to him, he just, you know, continued through, through, to look through the Bible answers. And um, so he goes and gets a donation, and he gets a donation for 10 books. Um, but when he was looking through it, I was just like, like, I just gave it to him. I'm just like, you know, you can keep all the books. Um, and what was amazing about that is that I was not expecting that. The Lord answered my prayer and answered his, because he was able, those books that we had was Pictures and Prophets, Great Controversy, and Bible Answers, which is, in a, like, in just, I don't even know how the Lord is working, but books does many things that we cannot do. They cannot argue, they can argue with me, but not with the books. And so just knowing that God is working in that territory is so amazing. And it's inspired me to go out and not just knowing that God is working in, um, in young people. God is working in that territory just shows that Jesus is coming soon and we need to tell the message. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to turn on the other side and go to Battle Creek. We're traveling to Battle Creek. And I'm here with Pastor Bernardo. Pastor Bernardo, you have canvassed when you were much younger. It's true. And it's in your blood, and you have put our young people to work. Please share with us what's happening in Battle Creek. Okay, thank you so much, Camille. Uh, these are my church members from our Zomi congregation. I have Rose, Luna, Nuam, Sarah, Coop, Tong, and Sun. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever canvassed before? No, so we don't have anybody that's ever, we can't put one that's not canvassed with one that has, we don't have anybody that's canvassed. Uh, do you think you're good at canvassing? Probably not that good. Okay, but, but with all that, how did you guys, I heard that one, what your first full day, 
one team had almost $700 in sales. How is that possible? God is helping us. God is helping us. Amen. It is a God thing. That's what we keep saying. All right. Um, and so I heard about this amazing experience where one, um, one group had a whole dump bag. As you say, we only carry like four books. So a dump bag is like they bought every book, three copies of every book. So, all right, tell us a little bit about that, son. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, so it was like my first time ever canvassing. And it was really hard going through every door. And the neighborhood we were in weren't that friendly. So it was like 20 houses and only one, two person opened for us. And he's like the second one. And we went and knocked. And then he he come out and look at us and just like slam the door on us. We're like, oh no, <laughs> we're going to really have a bad day. And we're really discouraged. But then we keep praying. And then we were about to like go knock on the next door. But then that man just come out and like um call us back. And we're like, should we go? We're kind of like scared because he slammed around us and we, we went back. And then um, he explained that he was putting on his shirt. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, so who sent you guys here? And, and then we canvassed him and um, we show him all the books we have. And then he was like, I was really having a bad day. And um, he was just like uh, looking at Christian documentary to make himself feel better. And then we just like came on the right time and it was really amazing. He got a bunch of, yeah, the books we had from us and we're really amazed. And then um, we all believed that it was God who like put us through all these, all those door and closed on us so we could get to that man faster. And we're really thankful that, yeah, this happened. And I'm really blessed that I was the one who like get to that man. Amen. Thank you so much, son. Uh, don't miss the point that he kept asking, who sent you here? Who sent you here? Because he had a spiritual interest, and somebody sent them there. Amen. All right, Rose is going to share a little bit about what the canvassing program has meant to her in just this short time. Um, canvassing was really hard because it was our first time, and it was um, not easy to get people to open the door on us, and we even get kicked out of, uh, kicked out from, like, two to three neighborhoods the past few weeks. And, but we, we also met um, kind-hearted people who wants to help us. They bought books, some brought books, and, but some didn't want, a book, didn't want to buy the books, but they, got, they gave us donations of whatever they have because they want to help us. And I learned that um, prayer really helps. It makes a, a great difference. Like whenever after we pray, um, we feel encouraged, and it somehow made our day better. Thank you so much, Rose. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God for the work that, that God is doing through our young ladies and young men from Myanmar. Amen. We're going to travel to Lansing now with Seth as the leader. Well, happy Sabbath, everyone. Um, my name is Seth, and I'm one of the leaders uh, here in the, in the Lansing program just an hour south of here. Um, and in Youth Rush, uh, students learn many lessons about ministry, about faith, and many other things. But one thing that we learn is the importance of having a missionary spirit, of being willing to minister to others, um, whether, whether we're canvassing or whether we're off the clock. And I have a story here from one of our students who um, saw an opportunity to minister to someone outside of our regular work hours. Hello, and my name is Etienne, and my story is a very unique story in that it, it wasn't really a canvassing story, or we weren't doing it through canvassing, and it actually happened at the laundromat, where we would do our laundry. We don't do our laundry like regular people do. We do it all together. We bring our stuff to the laundromat and do it there. Anyhow, we were just being bored at the laundromat, and I pull out my phone, and we're doing a Bible quiz. I'm quizzing my friends, and it's a ton of fun. And at one moment, the register, uh, the woman at the register says something, and she actually was talking to me. I didn't notice it, though, so we just went on, and afterward, she calls me over, tells me something about the dryers, but then she starts talking about spiritual things. She says, I actually heard you talking about um, biblical stuff, and she just starts talking about how crazy this world is getting, how crazy the world is. 
And I start telling her about our books and how they actually answer the questions of why our world is so crazy and how to fix it. And we end on a wonderful conversation. We agree that she's going to get some of the books. And next Friday, actually yesterday, I come over with my canvassing bag over to the laundromat. And I show her all the books. And we get into an even better conversation. Uh, she ends up getting a book. She didn't have enough for the others. But she, she wants, like, five more books next Friday, I think. And we had a wonderful conversation again. She said goodbye even more nicely. And I just was so blessed by that. But really, what, what I took home from that is that when you really give yourself to God, when you totally surrender to him, you don't really have working hours. A Christian doesn't have working hours. When you give yourself to God, you are his 24-7, and he will use you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And I just love that. God is, God is working. I know, Seth, you shared with me that a couple of weeks ago, you went out with your 15 young people, and of course, your main focus is getting books out, but they have found 34 people interested in Bible studies. Incredible, 34 people signed up for Bible study one day with one, only one group. Now, we're traveling to Holland, not Holland in Europe, but Holland, Michigan, and here we have Victor as the head leader, and is going to pick one story. I know you guys have powerful stories, but we're running, running out of time. Yes. Yeah, honestly, we could be here all night talking about testimonies from our group. We've had so many blessings in the Grand Rapids, Holland area. Um, and my team is a, very, uh, is a smaller team, but God has still been, been showing us that he's there with us and blessing us every day. Um, and we have Bethany, who's going to share a story about um, a woman that she met in a business. So... I started the morning out in a parking lot, and I was going around talking to people, but there weren't that many, and they just weren't very interested. And I was like, you know, maybe I should move on and, you know, not stay in this area too much longer. But I just felt impressed that God was going to do something good. So I said, Lord, I just prayed. I said, Lord, I'm not going to move on until you bless me, until you do something big. And so I just continued, and it wasn't more than five minutes later that I was heading towards a man. And I saw him, and as I was going there, I saw out of the corner of my eye, there was a lady sitting in her car, and she looked at me, and she smiled. I'm like, I guess I better go talk to her. And so I went around to the corner, and I just started canvassing her on the health set. And as I was canvassing her, she looked at my, the books that I still had in my hand, and she said, do I see the great controversy there? And I said, yeah. And so I gave it to her, and she's like, you know, I used to be an Adventist, but I kind of quit going to church. But for the past two days, I've been looking for my copy of The Great Controversy, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, I didn't know what to say. And so I continued just talking to her, ended up praying with her. Uh, long story short, she, she, as she was deciding how much to give, I, you know, I could see kind of The Great Controversy happening in her wallet. Like, what should I give? And, but she ended up giving enough to buy all of our books. And... She took those. She signed up for correspondence Bible studies, but the most exciting part was that she said, I'm going to go home and read this. And she asked about our church. I told her where it was, and she said, I, I want to come back. And I was like, so just praise God and never give up. He, he will always use you. And God, God is moving in a mighty way. I've done this work for 24 summers. I have not seen summer like this. God is opening up doors that we have never seen before. People are so generous. They want a great controversy. They want the message books. But we know, you and I know, that everything rises and falls on leadership. Sure. And this sure. evening, we're going to go down the stairs and recognize the man who has given more to this work than anyone else. We couldn't get him up on the stage. So we'll come down to say thank you for what he has done. And I'd like to ask Pastor Larry Carter to stand up. And uh, please stand so we can. I, I would like to see those who have been impacted by the ministry of Pastor Carter stand. For those who canvassed. And I know there are some that were not standing yet, but... Uh, have been somehow impacted by 
his ministry. And what we have here for him is a little plaque. Here. I can find it. Oh, you got it. You got yeah. it. So, Elder Moroni, if you can share with us what the plaque says. And Pastor like to... Larry, I have the privilege to deliver this to you. This is uh, a recognizing of your ministry and developing leaders and people to serve the Lord through literature ministries. This is an initiative of the Michigan Conference uh, in gratitude for your contribution to the literature ministry and thousands of young people that you have impacted. And there is a, there is a Bible verse here that I learned this week that is his favorite Bible verse. Revelation 22, 20. Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Larry, thank you for your uh, example and dedication and for your precious leadership. We are very, very thankful. We also have a Bible for him. Oh, wow. It's the Coporter yeah. Bible. This is the Coporter Bible and signed with all your um, students from today and yesterday. I begged him not to send me up front. I, I've been rained on. <laughs> I dumped my meal on me. <laughs> I'm living in Bermuda right now, and uh, I only have Bermuda warm clothes. I froze in the last few days. Don't have a suit coat with me, but uh, you little turkey. <laughs> you, you trained us, you know. Yeah. You know, Pastor Carter is the, the father of the Magabook ministry in the United States. He's trained yeah. the leaders who have trained the leaders. And we would not have the ministry today if not for the ministry of Pastor Carter. And we praise God. We're out of time. Well, I, uh, I just have to say, God is powerful. If you knew me when I was 30 years old, you would be in utter shock that I stand before you. God is powerful. And you see his power on that stage. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. All right, here we go. Wasn't that a blessing? And I want you to know that it's not just young people that can share literature and books and glow tracks. It's everybody, amen? We only bring them up to inspire you to go and do likewise. I could say amen to that. I'm here with Pastor Kurt DeWitt and his precious wife, Rowena. And Pastor Kurt is the pastor of the Blue Water and New Haven Seventh-day Adventist Churches. And they have a very powerful testimony they're going to share. So, Pastor Kurt, it all starts at a farmer's market, yes? You, your churches were there working collaboratively to share literature at the farmer's market. And tell us a little bit about what happened. Okay. Uh, so, at the farmer's market booth, we had literature, pretty much every sharing book uh, from the Great Controversy, Desire of Ages, all the books. We had two massage chairs there as well, so we were... We were trying to make it youth-geared, trying to have a couple of youth from both churches there every hour, trying to train them in how to minister and to meet needs of the community. We were giving out uh, Yonana's ice cream, you know, frozen bananas, uh, ice cream samples, and some other things. So we had the literature. It became the centerfold of this testimony. And so we had a lady. I noticed a lady. My wife was giving a massage to one lady, and another lady was standing looking in a little ways from the booth. And so I went out, and I said, hey, would you like a massage? She said, you give massages and everything here? And she said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I was just at church this morning asking God to have someone, hopefully hoping someone at the booth, booze, would have a massage chair. It's an answered prayer. And I said, well, praise the Lord. And she said, well, how much does it cost? And my wife said, it's free. She took a step back and she was dumbfounded. She said, it's free? You're, you're serious? 
another blessing from the Lord. She was obviously a lover of Jesus. And so my wife said, we also have all of these books over here and wonderful readings. And she said, what a coincidence. She said, my therapy, part of my therapy is she had, had an injury to her, had some facial paralysis. And uh, she said, uh, you know, I, part of my therapy is I need to find good, peaceful books to help me, you know, bring healing. And so you had just a book for her, right? We had just the books for her. What book was that? Okay. Uh, well, we'll come to that. All right. But good question. So she gets the massage, and I want you to notice the timeliness of this. As she's getting massage, and later she said it was most wonderful. She felt so good. It was a 10-minute massage. My wife gives wonderful massages. And so as she's getting a massage, um, by the way, we found out, she told me a few minutes later, she said, I'm the president of the farmer's market. Now, notice the timeliness of this, because this is a story that God overrules, as he often does against the enemy. And so she's getting a massage, getting her physical needs met. She's going to receive books as well and can choose from numerous books. And so she gets finished, and I'm, I'm excited, and she fills out. We have a drawing there, giving away drawing and different things. And so then she gets finished, and my wife begins on another person, there's somebody waiting for her at that point. Now we have a controversy brewing. So I'm massaging another lady, and I'm looking, and her name is Porky. And she was standing there, and another lady approached her with a great controversy book. And she was real happy that, about that book, right? No, I tried to make eye contact to smile, but she was not smiling. She was whispering. She was saying she was very disturbed. And, I, and I, I think I stopped massaging. I went to my husband. And I said, sweetie, we need to start praying. Because I believe, in my mind, in my mind, the great controversy is beginning. It's beginning. So what happened next? Okay, so she went and talked with the lady, and the gentleman actually joined. They were other board members of the farmer's market. And I went over, and I kind of milled around where the books were, and she came back to the books. To, she kind of avoided me, and she went to one of our other church members, and she said, you need to remove that book there, take it off the table. Surprise, oh. great controversy, of course, of what other book, right? And so she was asking why and everything, and so I stepped in, and I, and I, and I asked her, I said, what's wrong with the book? And she said, well, it's anti-Semitic. And I said, anti-Semitic? I've never heard of anything, this book ever being accused of being anti-Semitic. I said, we love Jews. This is just, and then I remembered the first chapter, Destruction of Jerusalem. And so I explained, and she said, okay. She went back to talk with the, the two, and then came back, and she said, you know, she said, she said, I know you know your Bible, and I know my Bible. He doesn't know the Bible very well, the ones talking to her. She said, why don't we just remove the great controversy and and I was thinking, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Mm -hmm. And so I called Demetrius over, which was an interesting part of the story. Demetrius comes over, he does our community services, and he had all these, this wonderful spread of these books in the beginning. And so he comes over, and I told him, I said, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We have three angels' messages in all these other books. Let's remove these. And he got a scowl on his face. He wasn't happy about it. And so he said to me, he said, I hear you, Pastor, but I don't like it. And so he took the books, he's got piles of books, and before he walks away, Corky says, wait a second, I want one of those books, I want to read for myself. Mm. And we began, I got goosebumps even right now telling the story, we realized that God was beginning to overrule. Yeah. And so she, I, I thought, well, let's go out in faith. I grabbed two great controversies, I said, here, take two, you'll love the book, and share the other one with someone else. Amen. And she said again, I'm going to read for myself, I'm, I want to know. And so she wasn't finished yet. Demetrius, on the other hand, what was going on? I thought he was putting the books away. Well, Demetrius says, I'm going. So he took two sets of books, and he just left. And, and then I said, I said, sweetie, I think Demetrius is passing it out. <laughs> and so I went to try to catch him, and he had already gotten rid of the books. And so I come back to Corky. I'll come back and finish with Demetrius. I come back to Corky, and she's got two great controversies, and she goes over to the table, and she picks up her prophets and kings. Light bulb comes on, and so I said, hey, you know what? 
there's a set of five, and it talk about peace and do for your healing and therapy. These books are wonderful. They're a set. Desire of Ages, the best book of the life of Christ outside the Bible. And so I gave her, she said, really? And she had five. Now she has six books in her hands, a little pile stacking up. She's not finished yet. She goes over and she picks up a Christ object lessons. I start to laugh, and I come up to her again. I said, you know what? I know you're hearing a broken record, but that is an amazing book. I said, you're going to love that book. And she said, really? Oh, good, you know. And I thought that was the end of it. By the way, this is the last five minutes of the, of the whole farmer's market. It's almost over. While I'm dealing with Corky with this, Demetrius is giving out 20 great controversies because he's mad at the devil. Amen. Amen. And he said, he, he said, Pastor, I've never done this before in my life. This is the first time in my life I've ever done anything like this. He said, I went up and I said, this book has changed my life. Please read it. And not one turned him down at all the other 20 booths. So she's not finished. She picks up, goes over to the middle table, and she picks up, steps to Christ, puts it on the top. I said, that has changed my life. So she goes away with eight books. 20 great controversies go out. I call that Satan overruled. If God be for us, who can be against us? I can say praise the Lord. So she came for a massage and she left with a wheelbarrow full of books, amen? And uh, what a powerful testimony to Christ's method, ministering to needs, sympathizing and laboring with people and then inviting them to come follow Jesus, amen? How many of you are gonna pray for this sister Corky and those others that receive the books? God bless you, thank you so God much. Bless. Peppers? And we have another testimony. This time we've talked about young people coming and doing, do, going out and doing evangelistic door-to-door literature work. We've heard about literature work that's being done, you know, at uh, the fair, just like he was talking about. And now we have a fascinating story, and I'm not even clear on the whole. So I'm going to be listening to the story, not for the very first time, but I'm going to get more details as we go along here. But Brother Kelly Slickers is here from the Holland Church, and if I'm not mistaken, you, this whole thing begins with a simple enough question when you're at work with a co-worker saying, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Take it from there. Well, I'm going to first introduce the uh, family here. Um, I have Wes and uh, Stephanie Luckadoo and their daughter, Melina. And uh, just a little bit of background, I'm the uh, Pathfinder director of the Holland Huskies. And uh, the story kind of starts there. Um, Many weekends I would come back, or Mondays I would come back to work, and I worked with Stephanie, and Stephanie would ask the question, well, what did you do this weekend? And I would pull out my phone, and whether it was canned good collecting or many times uh, a Pathfinder camp out, I'd say I took uh, 20 to 30 kids camping this weekend, and unfortunately the weather many times was like it was out there today, and... Uh, Anyways, I, uh, I would talk about pathfindering, and invariably, Stephanie would always say, when my daughter is old enough, I want my daughter to be in pathfinders. And uh, I think at the time, she was probably about third grade and not old enough yet. Uh, but when fifth grade rolled around, Stephanie was like, Melina's in Pathfinders. She's got to be in Pathfinders. I want her to be a part of that uh, group. And so Melina joined Pathfinders, but I gave Stephanie the disclaimer. I said, Stephanie, there's one thing you got to know about Pathfinders, and that is we're going to talk about the Bible, and we're going to talk about the Sabbath, and we're going to talk about uh, the things that uh, Adventists believe in that are core to our beliefs, and uh, what did you say? As long as, it's, as long as it's the biblical truth. I said, no problem. And so that's kind of how the story started. Um, PBE began um, your fifth grade year, right? No. Wait a minute. Time out. You just used a phrase, PBE began. What yeah. in the world, for those of you, who, how many of you have heard the term PBE? All right, you're familiar. A portion of our audience has, but what is PBE? So Pathfinder Bible Experience, and it's when you study the Pathfinders will study a book of the Bible or a couple books of the Bible and then go through a series of quizzes at the end of the year. And uh, 
we do a little test at the beginning of the year to figure out who, who's really serious about uh, being on the team. And uh, Melina was studying real hard and made it onto the team. And so throughout the year, continued to study. And I want to move it along here because their testimony is much stronger. Well, let's but, keep going. Uh, but she's learning her Bible so and she's getting she's, excited. She's into the Bible. <laughs> and uh, the first place, we do an area quiz and uh, we moved on. And so the next place we went was Great Lakes um, right. up to the academy here and uh, told Wes and Stephanie, I said, you know, if Melina's coming, you guys are welcome to come along. Amen. So they came up here to Great Lakes. Then we went down to Pioneer Memorial Church and we advanced from there and then we went from Rockford. But the cool thing is um, at each one of those uh, stages, um, Wes and Stephanie and Melina were learning more about the Sabbath and learning more about uh, who we are as Adventists. Amen. So let me take this microphone now and pass it over here, if you guys don't mind sharing. So we've heard about your interest in Pathfinder, actually your mother's interest in you having an interest in Pathfinder, and you going along. Have you? Are you still in Pathfinders? Yeah, I oh. am. <laughs> yes, you are still in Pathfinders. Are you still enjoying it? Yeah, very much. Have you gone on any of those rainy campouts? Definitely. Definitely. All right. God is still good, though. Okay. Now, in your experience watching all of this unfold, you are, as was mentioned, getting exposed to all of these Seventh-day Adventist people and their beliefs and their practice and the Sabbath experience. Where, if you don't mind me being so nosy in front of all our close friends, where are we in your understanding and appreciation of this Adventist faith now? Uh, so on May 8th, Melina's 13th birthday, we were baptized as a family. Into the Seventh-day Adventist. Amen. I would just like everyone to know that that was my idea. But <laughs> so, so what a birthday gift. You got your 13th birthday, a baptism of the whole family into the church, and now you are experts. Now you're leading it, or is there still growth that you're... <laughs> There's still a ton of growth. Uh, we spend a lot of time with our Sabbath school. Amen. Um, learned so much we love our sabbath school so um we do a lot of we did a lot of bible study with bob kelly's dad okay. which really was probably the turning point in what we had believed prior um okay. we were involved with uh, our church prior to that um, actually for a while we were going to church on saturday and on sunday uh -huh. <laughs> so <laughs> um until it was just became more and more evident when it's staring at you in the face and you um you pray to read when it's different when you're studying versus just reading the Bible, mm. right? You can just read the Bible and not understand, but when you're studying and trying to discern and understand what your path is, it opens your eyes completely differently. So. Amen. Can you say amen for how the Lord leads through these various circumstances of life? So I praise the Lord for your working with Pathfinders, for your interest in your daughter being in Pathfinders, and your interest in getting your parents involved and the full circle working out, and we're still continuing to grow in the Lord, but praise the Lord for his leading in each of our lives. During Pathfinders, I have to say this one quick story. So they were studying the book of Luke. Uh, during the book of Luke, uh, I think they won the first one. We were on to our second was during Easter at our traditional church, and she kept bringing up, well, they said they were preparing before Sabbath. Mm -hmm. kept, kept bringing that back to us. Kept, okay, well, then if Sabbath is this, why do we do this? Mm. It's like, well, you need to ask your dad. <laughs> I can't answer that. Ask your dad. When, well, ask pastor. And the pastor, even our pastor, couldn't give us a clear enough answer. It's like, okay, this is starting to go in a circle. Let's go back to what the truth is. And Amen. It was from her. <laughs> just keep questioning. Amen. And I just wanted to add real quick, too, that through our Bible studies, um, it, it was clearly evident, even in Genesis, how we were heading home from a Bible study one night, and it's so easy to miss the signs, miss the words that are in black and white when they're right in front of you. And uh, that's kind of one thing that we would leave those Bible studies in awe and kind of, kind of a little ashamed of ourselves for a minute, thinking, how did, how did we miss this for all these years? Mm. But there's still plenty of time. There's still plenty of time to dive deep into the Word and truly understand. And 
if you don't know exactly what it means, ask somebody that's smarter than you. That <laughs> many, many uh, students that know the uh, seventh day, the true meaning through in and throughout. Amen. Thank you guys so much for sharing your testimony. Let's head off and let next, Pastor Peppers, you're going to bring up some friends. And let me bring you some microphones too. <laughs> uh, isn't it exciting to see every department in the church soul winning? Amen. And that's what our church is designed to do, whether it's Pathfinders or whether it's GLAW. And our students, I'm here with Pastor Elder Jeff Ackenberger, who is the Bible teacher here at GLAW, and two special young ladies who the Lord has done something magnificent in their life. So Pastor Ackenberger, talk to us about it. All right. Yeah, I'm the chaplain at Great Lakes Adventist Academy, and this is Stephanie Martinez and Daisy Meza. And Stephanie, your mother's right there. She's so proud. And uh, Daisy, there's Kea Zinke. Because it's good, you know, when you spot people you know in the crowd and you just call them out, now they're more nervous than you are. Or not. So talk to me about what brought you to Great Lakes Adventist Academy. Um, my school only went up to 10th grade, so after that we had What to school was that? I went to Holland Adventist Academy. Um, and my school only went up to 10th grade, and I wanted to continue my Adventist education. So um, I had a whole bunch of friends, Abby Pittman, Maggie Rogers, and a whole bunch of other friends that went here, and they really encouraged me to come. Stephanie? So for me, I was already at an Adventist school, but I was looking for something more spiritual for me and uh, with a healthier environment. And so I went to Campus Sabo last summer, and I met Aliyah Vanderwall and Lenisa Garcia, and then they convinced uh -huh. me to come here. All right, yes. It so happens that the students of Great Lakes Adventist Academy are often the best recruiters. And so we praise the Lord for that. This past year with COVID has been challenging but what are some of your favorite things? Even though it was just a wreck of a year, what are your, fa your favorite things about being here at Great Lakes Adventist Academy? I would have to say the week of prayers we would have. I think we had like three this past school year, and we honestly got a break during those times because we, we had one of our classes. We got to spend more time with God. We got to sit down with friends and talk about what we learned in meetings. For me, I would definitely say the friendships and relationships I formed with staff and students because they're so genuine and everyone just wants to help everyone here. Yeah, now, there's a decision that's really the best decision you can ever make in your life and both of you made that decision this year. You decided to give your life to Jesus and be baptized. Yes. How did that come about? Well, I've honestly always been a little bit scared of adults, and coming to GLAW, we're just surrounded by so many young people and people that always like accept you and stuff. So all my friends encouraged me. I, I let them know that I hadn't been baptized before, and they were really encouraging, and yeah. Um, for me, I was getting up at 5 in the morning on Sundays to do Bible studies, and I've actually tried to do Bible studies four different times with people, because to me, when I was younger, like, you weren't really an Adventist unless you were baptized, mm. and so it wasn't until I came here, and we went up for week of prayer, and I did Bible studies with Daisy and Pastor Jeff, and that's when things really clicked for me. Yes, yes, amen. We had some Bible studies. Do you remember the name of, of the book that we used? That's a microphone. It was the 28 Fundamental Beliefs. That's the book he gave us. It was yeah. green and it was thin. I just know that we didn't find it for like a week. Thin and green. There's a lot of books that could fit that description. <laughs> it was the, uh, the Foundations of Faith book that uh, we helped de develop here in the Michigan Conference. Next. And we've been using our discipleship handbooks, right? Yes, yeah. good smile and agreement. <laughs> Wonderful. We need to check in if those have been read fully. We've made a few chapters. <laughs> now, uh, this was during our fall week of prayer, right? Pastor Chad Bernard shared with us. And uh, we had picked out this, this beautiful venue during our fieldwork day, and it was at a camp nearby here. Um, but then it got colder, the water got colder, and yet you still wanted to be baptized in that lake. Yes, I think we have some pictures of that. I don't know that they, they went through or not. Oh, there's one. There's Stephanie. Yes. How cold? There's Daisy. Good. How cold was the water that day? It was very cold. To me, it wasn't cold at all. <laughs> People say that I was shivering, but I still believe that it was not cold. 
All right, it was the moving of the Holy Ghost. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's Daisy shivering and shaking and freezing and <laughs> Stephanie anticipating. Um, and you notice we weren't going that far into the water. Uh, I went to my knees, and that was probably far enough. And I, I hope they went all the way under, though. They did, okay. they did. Just making yes. sure. Just making yes, sure. I, I pushed them down to the bottom. Once right. they fell bottom, right. then good, I brought good, them good. back up. Um, so we've studied together, and you prepared for, for baptism. You were baptized, but then you're still here at Great Lakes Adventist Academy. How does Great Lakes Adventist Academy support you on your spiritual journey? Um, I've always had friends um, that have always been very spiritual, and they've always pushed me to become closer to God. And I've also had staff I can go, always, always go to, and they're always willing to help me out. Yeah, I see Miss Boothby is there. Yes, they're good. <laughs> oh, okay, it's my turn. Um, yes. So for me, before I came to Galah, relationship with God wasn't really ideal because to me it was just going to mandatory Bible classes or going to church. <laughs> And so, Those classes are still mandatory. Yeah, they're... Yeah, okay. Just a reminder. Yeah, Bible okay. class year is... It's fun. All right. It's fun. Amen. Anyways, so... <laughs> so, um, coming here, I was able to create a foundation with God, and I've really been able to come out of my shell, and I was even able to publish something this year. That's right. You yeah. are our published author in the Lake Union Herald and yeah. all kinds of places. Yeah, you have very good talent for that. Um, it's almost as if the entire program here at Great Lakes Adventist Academy was designed to introduce you to Jesus, lead you in a relationship with him, lead you to be baptized, and then help you to learn how to serve him better. Yeah. yeah. That's because it is. Amen. And so we thank God for that. We praise God for you girls as well. I just want to ask you guys a question. What's your next step? What do you sense God calling you to do next? Well, I'm finishing my year here at Glaw next school year, and then after that, I um, kind of want to be a teacher. Amen. Amen. I can see God using you in a powerful way to lead young people to Him, to accept Him and be in service for Him. So, how about you? Um, for me, unfortunately, I still have two more years of high school. Unfortunately? <laughs> no, I mean, it's so much fun. I'm so excited it's to be here. It's the best. We agreed on this. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Scratch that. Okay. So, my answer would be, that I am able to come here for two more years, yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to being in activities and clubs, and I'm trying to reach out more to my churches and where I live. And Amen. I'm gonna go to college to be a psychologist. Amen. Yes. I thought when you said you were being published in the Lake Union, maybe you'd come back and be our next Michigan Conference Communications Director. Well, but it's a possibility. We'll see, we'll word. pray about that. But well, yes. how many of you will pray for these young ladies? Amen. Look at all the hands. The Lord is changing their lives, and it's exciting to see what God has done in you and will continue to do through you. Amen. Thank you so much. We have here to introduce to you is Pastor Moise Ratsara. He is pastoring one of the many, many wonderful churches here in Michigan, the Kalamazoo Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I believe we have some pictures on the screen, and you're going to explain to us a particular story that happened and some really interesting dynamics that led to what we're going to see here. Why don't you just take it away and tell us the story. All right. Well, uh, happy Sabbath. You know, God listens to our prayers. And uh, during this COVID pandemic, with all the changes, we decided that as a church, we were going to be pr a praying church. And uh, God sent some very, some people that needed some help. And one of those people, her name was Alice. Alice had uh, just been recently married, and she wanted some uh, marital advice. So we said, well, we could do that, but I got to make sure that your husband is there as well. And uh, we went through that process, and I, I told them, you know, if you want to have a good marriage, you guys need to have the same value system. She was a backsliding Adventist, and he was what we might call an atheist. We went through the process, and I did not know that his father happened to be a well-known Pentecostal pastor. As we were going through the Bible, he would, you know, as we went through the lessons, he would say, well, my church doesn't teach that, or my father does not teach that. Even though I don't believe it, I'm not really sure that what you're teaching me is the truth. But we say, well, let's go to the Bible and see what it says. So every time, every subject, all the way from the Sabbath, the spirit of prophecy, the state of the dead, and the big one was speaking in tongues. 
And his father will tell him something else, and the Bible will tell him something else. And his name was Kirk, and I said, Kirk, you need to choose Jesus over everything. And uh, that was a hard choice, but he said, you know, Pastor, I'm going to choose Jesus. And the picture that you see there on the screen is when he got baptized. He got baptized about three weeks ago. That is his father right by his side that also came to support his son who made a decision to be a Seventh-day Adventist. So God is able to do great things. And I also have some very good news is that in Kalamazoo and our area all the way to Battle Creek, we have been praying for a radio station a strong tower radio station. We were praying for $175,000, and we did not know where that money would come from. But you know, God does not need money. All he needs is faith. So we went to him in faith, and as of yesterday, we have more than enough funds to have that radio station. That radio station is going to cover more than half a million people in the Kalamazoo area all the way to Battle Creek and beyond. And we praise the Lord for that. So my friends, let's be praying people because God moves. And when God moves, great things happen. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Otsar, for that encouraging news. And how many of you are listeners of Strong Tower Radio? How many of you want to refer other people to be listeners of Strong Tower Radio? So I praise the Lord as those testimonies continue to pour in and as that faith is demonstrated through support and giving that the message of the three angels can go around the world in this generation. Now, Sister Tilly Urbis, you have some friends with you today, and I would like to know from you who they are and what brings them here today. Can you share with us? Yes, very interesting. Do you think that there are out people in this world searching for the truth? Yes? You can know two of them today. <laughs> what are your names? I'm Sheila Moore. I'm Connie Rice. Yeah. So um, you were in the world. Yes. Having a life of parties. Yes. And, you know, like everything. Yes. What happened? Well, we got tired of living that old life. When I think about my life, I did grow up in church when I was little. I think about the scripture that says, train up a child in the way that he would go, and when he gets old, he'll never depart. Well, that's kind of what happened. So I met Connie, and we started partying and drinking and going to people's house, doing all the things that young people do. And we used to sit back and say, we know this is wrong. We don't want to keep doing this. We weren't raised this way. And she used to drink more than me, and it was kind of weird because she says, I don't want to do this anymore. So I had to pinch her to see if she was real. And she says, I, I mean it. I'm done with this. This is not how I was raised. So we joined church in 2009, which was the old evangelical church that we grew up in. Yeah, and while being in, in the evangelical church, you were reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. What did you, did you discover? Well, we discovered the true Sabbath. We started asking God to open up our minds to the Bible. We wanted to know the truth for ourselves. And um, we used to study at home a lot together. And Connie came to me first and says, I believe that we are supposed to be going to church on the Sabbath. And I said, you're right, because we ran across it in Hebrews and Revelations, even at the very end of the Bible. I said, you're absolutely right. And my mom had a friend that said that she was a Sabbath keeper, and she says it's not by coincidence that God has opened you girls' eyes. She says you're on the right path. So you went to the church, and uh, you asked some people about the Sabbath. Yes, we went to our former pastor, and we said to him, um, aren't we supposed to be going to church on Saturday instead of Sunday? And he says, that's in the Old Testament. He says, are you a Jew? <laughs> so I looked at myself, because I don't look like one. He says, well then, that's, that settles it. That's for the Jewish people. You're not a Jewish person. And uh, we came home, and uh, Connie says, no, we believe that it's for everybody. And um, I said to her, we got to get under the real church. So we quit going. Mm -hmm. 
And we didn't go for many years. We prayed. We start honoring the Sabbath in our home. And God started opening up all kinds of windows that you would never know. So they were keeping the Sabbath alone at home, mm-hmm. not knowing what, where to go. Right. <laughs> and then an event happened in Benton Harbor. Mm-hmm. I asked the technic team to show the pictures. What event was that? <laughs> what was it? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. I was, I, I was, I was uh, driving. I was driving and... I was on my way to the plaza, and I, I called Sheila. I say they got a big statue up here, and I say that that looks like the image of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, what what he dreamed. And uh, she said, "You sure?" I said, "Yes." I said, "I'm finna pull in there because they got a sign up saying you get a free gift if you can tell who that image was." <laughs> so when I pulled up, there was Tilly, and. She gave me this big old package of all kinds of goodies in it, and she asked me, you know, could I do Bible study with you? And I said, yes. So she started doing Bible study with us. So, yeah. Which is what we had been praying about. Yes, yes. (laughs) So I'm going there, and usually you start the Bible studies with another subject, you know, who is God? Is he a loving God? So, um, and in the first Bible study, I usually listen to the people's stories, Mm -hmm. and I ask them, so... uh, what kind of Bible study do you want today? And they say, about the Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> so I did not have a Bible study about the Sabbath with me. <laughs> but you have to have your all Bible texts in your mind, yes? So we had a Bible study on Sabbath. Yeah. They didn't know that it had sh- um, we should keep it from sundown, you know, yes. to, you know, yes. to sundown. Yeah. And it was so nice. You know how it was? It was like... Meeting people you knew from before, like and forever, because it was the same spirit moving them. They were crying, I was crying, (laughs) and it was such a beautiful beginning. Then we had the health seminar in the Church of Coloma, and they came there. I just want to ask you, what has done the health message, the Advent health message for your life? It's been a blessing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was once before the health message over 256 pounds. Today I'm about 180 something pounds. Um, I had a blocked artery that's gone. I'm pulled off all medications now. I used to walk, now I can run. I can dance. I can flip. I can do things that I didn't think I can do. Were you blind and now you see? I can see, amen. amen. I, and that's very true. I wa- once was yeah, blind yeah. and now I really can yeah. see. Amen. It's amazing. So, um, Connie and Sheila got baptized in September last year. But COVID came and they had the grandkids with them, four grandkids. Mm-hmm. And I was having Bible studies with the grandkids. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have a girl from our church doing some Bible studies with, um, yes. with their kids, also helping me. And just one little detail, which is very important, they were keep, um, uh, keeping telling me, you know, I am working as a health caretaker in a house of very influential people. They told me the name. I cannot use it here. Yes. And um, I don't know very well, you know, all the influential people in America. So I didn't know who these people were. One day I went home and I asked my husband, Gerhard, who is this this person? And he was like, you don't know who that is? <laughs> A very important person in America. So um, she's taking care of his parents. But the parents of these influential people got interested mm-hmm. in the Adventist health message. In the beginning, they were not interested, but they read a book, and they read another book. They read a book on on Revelation and a book on health, and they told Sheila, the Adventist church is is the best church to go, and they are thirsty for more. Mm -hmm. When we are doing Bible studies with people who are like not so influential, I just want to tell every one of us is influential because we do not know where God will use us yes. and amen. others. Amen. Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing your You're testimony welcome. today. Thank Can you. all God's Thank people say amen? Amen. amen? amen. Thank you so much. Thank Pastor you. Peppers, why don't you bring up one more pastor right now? Thank you. 
so much. It wasn't that a blessing? I remember Pastor Bela Kabor. I see him here. He's a retired pastor from our conference. We used to have the praise and report time, and he had a gentleman that came up who was blind, who had been baptized, and he sh- what was his name? Leo. He had such a powerful testimony, and at the end of that testimony, he said just what you said. I had to go blind before I could really see. And that's powerful. How many of you have had that spiritual blindness that the Lord has wiped away? Amen. Well, I'm here with my good friend, Pastor Jay Clough. He's the pastor of the Grayling, Mayo, and Houghton Lakes Seventh-day Adventist Churches. And you also have Strong Tower Radio in your area, as Pastor Ratsar was talking about. But you have a couple of stories you're going to share with us, so go for it. All right. Now, these testimonies are easy because I had very little to do with either one of them. The first testimony, I don't know what the pictures are showing or where they're at, but I can't see for myself, so... Um, Whatever's on the screen is on the screen. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, so this family is Brandon and his wife, Constance, and this started actually with COVID, the beginning of COVID, and live streaming. We needed a couple mics for live streaming, so we asked the conference if they could give us any funds so we could buy some mics so we could live stream. And they gave us some funds for these mics, and we started live streaming. And from there, this family tuned into our channel and started watching. And the reason why they started watching is because they were going to a Methodist church originally, and then started going to a Pentecostal church, and they got tired of hearing the prosperity message all the time. All they would go and hear is, if you give money, God's going to bless your finances. And they said, we're tired of hearing this. We want to hear the word of God preached. And so they decided they were going to stop going to church completely. So they stopped going to church, and then they tuned in somehow to our YouTube channel, and they started stalking us from a distance for months, they said. And they're like, these guys are okay. They teach the Bible there. They didn't know this, but during that time, we had met in our board meeting. We needed a head deacon. And we went through the through every small church does this. You have, you know, like all these like 30 members or so in the church, and about eight of them are workers. And we started thinking, who are we going to get to be this head deacon? And we're looking at these elders that are personal ministry leaders and doing everything else too. And I said, let's just stop. Let's stop. Let's just pray. God said the harvest is great. The laborers are few. So pray for the laborers. So we decided as a church just to pray that God would send somebody. And about two months after we started praying, this family shows up in this van with a paint paintbrush on the side of the truck and a drywall company logo on it. And we knew that God was leading them to us. Elder Peppers, Pastor Peppers came over not that long ago and did a series for us, just a weekend series. And I think that was the catalyst. They made decisions to get baptized. And we baptized Brandon and Constance at Camp Asable just, just probably about two or three weeks ago. And now I'm doing Bible studies with two of their sons, and they should be getting baptized fairly well as soon. One more lady that came to our church is another crazy story about God working. Anybody seen the miracles of God moving right now? Just like all of these weird movings, God just bringing people in out of nowhere. He's just decided that he's going to send his spirit out and do the work. This lady calls our church. It wasn't even her, actually. She's an older lady. She was 92 years old, and she's blind. She can't really see that well. And she has a lot of aides come into her house to help her out. And one aide came and called our church, but she wasn't trying to reach our church. I guess she was calling for medication or something, but left a message on our church answering machine. My head elder picked up, heard the, heard the message and called her back and said, well, this is the Seventh-day Adventist church. And she said, oh, when are your services? And he said, well, we meet at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning for Bible study and then 11 o'clock for worship service. You meet on Saturday? She was super excited. He was like, yeah, we meet on Saturday. She's like, I've been praying for two months for God to send someone to my house who goes to church on Saturday. I don't know if that aide was an angel, but somehow that lady ended up, dear lady ended up in our church. And then ever since then, now they're going to kill me for this. But one of our elders, Glenn Bernard and his wife, Roseanne, have been bringing this sweet lady to our church for prayer meeting, to church service ever since, and she got baptized. Now, I'm convinced that unless they were doing that work, she wouldn't have got baptized at our church. So you guys all play a very important part for everything that happens, whether it's contributing finances so churches can live stream, whether it's bringing people to church so they can hear the message, whatever it is, you all play a part in God's work. And all I had to do is the easy stuff, just give a couple of Bible studies and then dunk them. 
Amen. That is exactly, amen, brother. That is exactly what we want to see is lay people leading the work. Amen. Amen. And I know that many of you, how many of you, I just want to see just by a show of hands, how many of you are, are either giving Bible studies or actively involved in some kind of outreach in your community? Let's see your hands. Amen. amen. Quite a few of you. And that's why you're here today. And we know that you have stories as well of how God is working in your life and in the lives of those that you are laboring for. So it's very exciting. And we're just thrilled about Reach Michigan. That is our initiative for this next year. And the subtitle, if you remember, is Each One Reach One. We want every member in our church to be actively laboring for others and to bring them to Christ. And God can give you a very powerful testimony. He wants to do that. He doesn't just want the pastors doing the work. He wants each of us. So it's very exciting for us to be partners with him and unitedly together we're laboring in our community. So you saw earlier the testimony from the Pathfinders that every department would also be that soul winning entity and every member is a missionary. How many of you want to say, Lord, use me, send me. And next year, by the grace of God, you'll be standing here with a testimony or better yet, you'll be standing in the courts of heaven introducing your friend to Jesus for eternity. Yes? Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it is time to conclude this program. An hour flies by so quickly, but I appreciate that reminder and challenge that each one is supposed to reach one. And this time next year, either here or in heaven, we're going to have a testimony festival like none other. I don't want to leave here with like, well, that's all, folks. Let's have a good night. So what we want to do, I don't know about you, but I like to sing a song. So let's stand to our feet right now. If you're enthused about mission, and if you're not, you're standing next to someone who's enthused about mission. And we're going to sing the doxology for all the Lord's great mercies, and we're going to dismiss with prayer. But let's sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit working on our own lives to be here at all. But Lord, thank you for enlisting us as co-laborers to go win others for Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to listen to these testimonies and be revived again with that zeal for mission. Please, Lord, let this not just be a one-off experience, an interesting, thing an interesting thing that happened on that rainy camp meeting day. But Lord, help us to go back to our home churches, back to our neighborhoods and our workplaces with a new determination to look for and, by God's grace, make opportunities to witness for Jesus Christ. Lord, we know that the harvest is so ripe, yet the laborers are few. Let that not be said of Michigan today. Give us that passion for souls that only Jesus can provide, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 2021, or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.